You are listening to The Benchcast with your host, Elvis Mendez and Coach Ben. And today we're doing a Q&A episode. Um, usually I would film, I would gather these questions we get from our IG Live and I would put them on a YouTube video. Uh, but I wanted to switch it up a little bit, and I wanted to tackle them right here on the podcast. Um, so that's what we're doing today. We're doing this instead of the YouTube video that we've popped out a couple times. And, uh, you know, I, I have IG Live up right now. We're taking live questions, and I have a list of questions here. Actually, Elvis, you can read these questions here, so it's not weird like I don't have friends. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to start off with an IG Live question from Walsh Lift Throws. Lately, I've noticed in my bench training that I'm weaker on lockout. You definitely got to be from the UK. You got to be from the UK, fellow, with the name Walsh Lift Throws. It sounds like you're doing Highland Games, and Walsh is a very UK name, I feel like. Do you recommend doing more max effort work focusing on that issue? He's having a lot of trouble on lockout. He finds that he's weaker at the lockout. And what is he asking about? Max effort work. Yep. Um,. You know, the thing about max effort work is it's it's max effort work. So it's going to be very hard to recover from. You're not going to be able to do it over and over and over. So um, maybe some better strategies if you're having trouble. Oh, it's from Ohio. Yeah, it was close enough, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> so the the thing is, um, you know, max effort work is going to really, it, it's going to take a lot out of you. It's going to beat you up a bit. So I'd say a, maybe a better approach to that is uh, tackling it with partial range. Um, so, you know, doing, I really love like two board, three board um, with band tension. So if you go close grip down to like, um, now the board is going to be set to like how long your, your arm width is. So I'll usually go actually like a one and a half, uh, if not a one board sometimes, but um, if you're doing it, I don't know how long your arms are, but I mean, even a three board might satisfy. You get to a point, I'll try showing on the IG live where you get down, right? And my elbow flexion stops, and then it's just I'm just tapping into my chest, and I want to put that board height right where my elbow flexion is going to stop. Um, and then boom, right up from there with heavy band tension on there off the board. Um, doing that for reps, that's when I love uh, for lockout stuff. Um, and then, you know, of course, you could do things like <clears throat> heavy holds to, to handle the weight and whatnot. But, um, yeah, that's how I would tackle it. I would do more partial range stuff because max effort um, is going to beat you up. But another strategy um, is isometrics. So you can actually push into the rack. So you set the rack pin height right where your lockout issue would be and then you just press into it so isometrics a, a friendly max effort type variation where you can be very specific with the range you want um, still display the max effort strength and it's not going to beat you up as much and I believe um, the research is you will gain strength um, plus or minus 15 uh, you know degrees. degrees of range of motion from that specific point um, so that would be probably a really good strategy for you as well. And I like to do some of that stuff with our athletes at the beginning of the workout. Is then your nervous system um, ready to go like a, a heavy hold, like I said, and um, doing some of that isometric stuff. So I hope that answers that. What are your thoughts on recomping? How to maintain weight and get stronger? 
Okay, so um, I am not a fan of the whole recomping thing, um, which is essentially, right, it would be trying to put muscle on while you're losing fat. <laughs> it doesn't really work great that way um, because other, right, you're just spinning your wheels for the most part. Uh, it'll take a long time. Um, it's just, a, it would be a super long process. It, you know, you have to, if you want to gain muscle, you got to provide your body with enough to actually build something you understand so I, i'm just not a fan of the whole recomp thing i think if you want to seriously lose or gain you have to put yourself either in the caloric deficit or the caloric surplus um and a decent amount too like if you're going to gain weight you can't be afraid of putting fat on it because it's going to be easy enough to lose it after hopefully um but if you're going the other way too, you can't really expect to gain much muscle, if anything at all, unless you're just kind of riding newbie gains and stuff. Um, doesn't mean you can't get stronger, but that's not going to be via gaining more muscle. That's going to be through enhanced technique, better muscle recruitment, um, those types of things, nervous system related things. Um, so you can get stronger because there's a lot that plays into strength other than muscle size, but actually gaining muscle uh, you can't really expect that you know what most people when they recomp when they lose weight they think that they're gaining muscle because now they just look so much better because now you actually see the muscle they did have so yeah you're going to look better but um, i wouldn't actually expect to actually have sufficient gains there um so my strategy is usually after a meet that's when i'm going to try to get fat uh and by fat i mean i joke with it but that's why i really want to try to put on as much size as possible um, it's going to come with a little bit extra fat, and I'm okay with that. And then as a the meat approaches, I'm going to try my best to really maintain my weight, um, especially if you're like a, a geared lifter. you got to really know like how you perform at a certain weight in the gear you have. So uh, I'll try to maintain my weight the best I can going into a meet. Um, sometimes I'll lose weight a little bit, um, but since that's really the time when we're going to be doing a lot of max effort type stuff, we're going to be... Um, speed work for deloads things like that while well, in the off season we're trying to really build we're trying to do all that volume work so it makes sense to do our big bulking then so hope that answers that sweet coffee for the working man if you're talking about like purely like physique goals and everything the best way to like look like you gain 10 pounds of muscle is to lose 10 pounds of fat that's it yeah, I mean, I imagine he's attacking it from a powerful perspective. That's what I'm, I'm just guessing. But, yeah, if you are a um, bodybuilder out there listening to this, um, yeah, Elvis is spot on. You're going to look awesome when you lose fat. Um, it's going to look like you actually gained muscle. How do I specialize for bench only? All right, so if you're all in, if someone just goes all in into only wanting to, to bench and compete at bench, give up squat and deadlift, um, the thing is, all that extra stuff, and I'm feeling it a lot more now where, um, you know, I'm transitioning back to doing a full power equip me, it all taps into your recovery, okay, so you can bring more intensity to bench sessions. Um, so you could probably definitely up your bench frequency. Um, and, you know, I don't really change too much. I still do two very high, I call my, more of my high intensity days um, where, you know, we're really trying to bring it and bring the intensity um, two days a week. And that won't change. But if I'm going to do bench only, I'm going to do a lot more 
like accessory work, um, very light bench only type movements, uh, bamboo bar. I'll do a lot of just benching, but not like at a high intensity. Um, and just a lot of accessories dedicated to back work, arm work, shoulders, stuff like that. Whereas if you're doing a full power gig, right, um, you know, you got to dedicate some time to actually build up some weak points there, your hips, the hamstrings, whatever the case may be. Um, so it's just everything is taking away. You have you have a big old bank account of recovery, right? And every time you're training, you're taking withdrawals out. So you just got to be, um, you got to shift that for more of a bench focus, if that makes sense. Um, and anytime you, you tap into the high intensity work, you're, you're withdrawing more money. So um, I guess that's the best way I can put that. Um, just everything you're doing is going to be much more focused to the bench press. From Illmatic Power, yesterday I had a close grip bench session, and on my last set of it, I got a sharp pain on the right side of my pec on the outer part of it. Not sure if it's a strain or pop, but I feel it, but it feels minimal. What can I do to speed up recovery or rehab? All right, so um, if you're not black and blue, you probably did not rip anything. Um, and everyone's probably seen the picture of Scott Mendelson when he tore his pec. Yeah, that's, yep. that's a really aggressive one. Uh, he was black and blue all down his side. Um, but even if you're a little black and blue, you, you probably tore some, but it might just be something deep. Uh, I've seen where people tear some underneath, like very deep musculature, and it actually takes like four or five days to actually see any black and blue. Um, I don't think anything's wrong. Um, I'm sure you'd probably feel it a little bit more. But uh, in terms of speeding up that process, um, you know, well, first off, I would not do anything uh, in that motion uh, if, unless it's just flexibility type stuff, just work, just like working your body through it. Um, but I would not lift any weight through that range of motion. I'd just let that recover, get as much sleep in the time as you can because sleep's the number one. Everyone wants to do all this crazy bullshit to themselves, but you know, ultimately, if you injure something, and we're not just talking tight muscles and whatnot, just if you injure something, the best way you're going to recover, period, is always getting sleep and rest. So that's what I would focus on first. Uh, make sure you're, you're eating good nutrients to provide yourself with um, something to rebuild that. You know, that's real important as well. Because when you're in that caloric deficit, you cut weight and stuff, you're not getting as much nutrients. So that's tough to recover from injuries and whatnot. And then um, with that, um, just doing like maybe some little bit of soft tissue stuff around the area. Um, like I said, just kind of working through some range so you don't get stiff in one spot and whatnot. Everything gets tight around there. Um, but that's what I would do with that. There's no no smoke and mirrors. It's just you know pretty much resting it. That's what's always been my philosophy. From Fundamental Craft, in full power meets, my spinal erectors are always wrecked from squats and bench by the time I get to deadlifts. Any advice? I've already limited arching to the T-spine and tried to downgrade tension. Man, fella, I'm right there with you. Um, I'm totally destroyed by the time I get to, to deadlift it as well. Um, I definitely know what you mean there. So, well, first off, what I would look at is how is your squat form? Um, because sometimes people squat with a little bit too much excessive extension and get that so-called butt wink thing going on. And that can do a number on your lower back, especially if you train to a higher depth most of training and then 
are expected to get so low right um and then you get like real aggressive butt wings i've seen a lot of lifters who train higher go to the meet they have to get really low and then they end up hurting their lower back or something um so that's where i would start because that's the first lift uh, bench i would make sure you're doing everything you can so that you're arching from the t-spine you are um you know making sure you're using your hips so you're not beating up your lower back um, you know, if I did a full power meet right now and I really want to get through the whole thing, I'd probably have to sandbag my arch a little bit on the bench um, and actually be a little less aggressive um, so that I could do that. But, um, you know, what, like what do you do also for breathing exercises? You know, do you, if you got tight hip flexors, do you take care of that before you train? Like what, what are you doing mobility-wise before going into the meet? I'll take a look at that. Um, but those are all things that help me. Um, I'm trying to actually strengthen my back up a bit. I know I have very tight hip flexors. Um, you want to pay close attention to your squat form, like I said. Um, like what you're doing on the bench. So it's a combo of technique and then what mobility type work do you need to get better. And it's not going to happen just in one day. Probably going to be a little bit of a process you know what i mean to correct some balances or some tight spots that you have so uh kind of a loaded question because there's a lot that goes into that but i hope um that helps you out i uh, said i squat like a frog to be honest um well i don't know if that's good or bad because i think a squat uh, frog's got a pretty good squat because they got a pretty good vertical leap <laughs> so i don't know um but yeah that's where i would probably check first but if i mean if your squat is uh is a little off then i mean the rest of the meat ain't gonna go so well if you beat yourself up from that yep no problem bud what are the best tricep get a little air in here jesus <laughs> what are the best tricep exercises ah. for bench tricep exercises for the bench bro. the best the best okay so when i initially answered this i said um accessory wise there's so many uh, to choose from you can't go wrong tricep accessories pick one that you feel gives you a good pump or whatever um, and just stick with it progress it stuff like that so you could do x-band tries i've been doing a lot of easy curl bar skull crushers uh, rope push down i mean it's endless you could do split stance rope overhead extensions um, so accessory wise you got everything at your disposal so there's no i wouldn't say there's a best it's just you get the pick um, but what I would say, secondary bench exercises, um, that's where, that's really where you're, you're gonna pick one that is effective or not. Um, and that's really the bulk of your, your training. You know, you're going to get 80% out of 20% of the work you do. Um, so I like some things that I like that is a board press, close grip board press, like I said, you could add bands to that, make it even more effective. When I'm training equipped, man, I got a rotation of three things. It's floor press, print press, and a board press. And that's it. And I just add some variables to it. I do different things. Um, so, like, I might floor press with an axle bar. I might do chains. I might, maybe I can throw some bands on there. Uh, maybe I'm doing heavier, lighter uh, board press. Maybe I'll do with bands. Maybe I'll do close grip. Maybe I'll do normal grip. Pin press, same type of thing three exercises just throw a lot of variations in there and um they're all great for uh lockout end range work tricep development so i'll use those things raw too if i feel like that's needed um but yeah uh, that's that's really 
what you're touching on when you say best tricep exercise. You got to look at secondary bench work. Accessories, free reign. You know, whatever doesn't bother you, that you feel is very effective, you enjoy, and you can progress it. You know, it's, I don't think one thing is going to make a huge, huge difference over another. Got another question from Fundamental Craft. How do you approach coaching raw female benchers? I can get most girls up to 135, 165 bench, but very few past that. So I find with females, uh, typically, um, just comparing them to counterpart males there, um, some of the differences. Uh, typically some more volume. All right, I feel like they, because the thing is um, with women, they'll probably recover a lot quicker just because, again, to the load. Um, given for them, it's heavy, but... You know, overall, they're going to recover a little bit quicker from that. I've seen that over and over. Um, so they could actually bench with more frequency, um, with more intensity, or with more volume. I mean, you can bump any of those things up. Or, but remember, you only can take two out of that. Um, that's like a big principle of programming, um, frequency, volume, and intensity. You can only pick two to push at one time. Um, so you don't want to burn a candle hot on all three. But they can really handle um, more of that, you know. So um, if you want to you know, push volume with them a little bit more, you could probably do that. You know, some big differences um, that I have going into the meet, like meet peak, I'll probably save some heavier temps closer to the meet. Um, and we will probably go heavier more often than with the men. Um, so what I've started seeing with our lifters is and i've seen some good results is just getting heavy weight in their hands more often there hasn't been a problem really with recovery um sessions are going good i've uh, been seeing gains on the bench and um so that's probably what i would look to do is just handle heavier weight more often so i would get away probably from more of that linear progression model and just um keep getting heavy weight in their hands um, as much as they can handle uh, at least one day a week and the other day maybe just attacking weak points more volume I think that's a good structure to use uh, but that's how I would attack that what when is the optimal time to do heavy holds and when is the optimal time to do speed work okay optimal times for heavy holds um, so we do that in training like Depends how long you have till the meet, but the first four, eight weeks will probably go without the heavy holds so as we, we build up and do a lot of volume. Um, but then the rest of the programming, we're doing heavy holds, and uh, we'll be doing that at the beginning of the main bench workout of the week. Um, just once a week, we'll do that at the beginning. And um, you know what I start lifters off at is the raw max. We do a hold 10 seconds there. Uh, men, I bump up like 15 pounds each week. Women bump up like 10. And... Um, you know, we just keep cycling through that. So each fourth week, they're doing more um, on their holds. And then the next training cycle, um, it'll stop start over the raw max. But now, that's at the beginning of the workout. Now, how about speed work? Speed work. Optimal time for speed work? Yep. Um, so I use speed work as a deload um, very often. So um, usually like every third week or so. Um, so the four-week block, right, the third week's usually going to be some type of a more deloaded day because that fourth week is when we really like to um, yeah, hit some big lifts and uh, so I'll use speed work as a deload but 
I'll just run through a four-week block of speed work with people if I feel it's something that can benefit them. Um, so that would be probably start off doing like a 9 by 3 with about 15% band tension or chains, whatever, accommodating resistance, um, around 45-50%. And then next week, bump up the straight weight. Next week, just bump up the band tension, go back down a weight, and then bump up the weight again. So use that kind of progression model. What is your best bench ever? My best bench ever, um, well, if you're talking raw, we found out just like four weeks ago, um, I hit 440 at the meet raw. And then um, my best multiply bench is 730, and that was earlier this year, uh, I think in April, in the Super Katana. And then, uh, yeah, I did hit 750 in a bench freak band, Rich Putnam's bench freak band. Everyone knows I'm really big on promoting that. Um, I did that at an unsanctioned meet, though, so I technically don't count. Um, he actually has two. While we're on that note, he has the Bench Freak shirt out. So not legal in every federation. It is in, um, you know, I'm going to be doing a Metal Militia meet, I think XPC. Um, so you'd have to really check. But Bench Freak shirt, um, while it looks like you're a giant bumblebee, it I guarantee you it's going to be an awesome, awesome product. So... Um, Check it out, benchfreak.com. I don't even think he has a shirt up on the website now, but he did message me that it is there. He eats at two-week turnaround time. He gets that shit out, uh, so you're not going to have any issues with that. But I'm definitely getting one uh, after my September meet, which I can't use it, but for this metal militia meet coming up, I'm getting my hands on um, one of those Bench Freak shirts to work in. Very excited about that. So um, just wanted to drop that in there. Best drills to increase bench arch. Best drills to increase bench arch. So anyone watching live, if you want to drop some cues, we're on the IG live. We're doing a Q&A podcast. Uh, feel free. Anything you want to ask. If you just want to shoot the shit, hey, comment down below. All right, so to increase your bench press arch, I would focus on doing T-spine mobility stuff. It doesn't have to be nothing crazy, right? Find something that you like uh, to do. I like to do T-spine extension rotation. You can search numerous things on YouTube. I mean, none of them are bad. None of them are wrong. Just find what gives you results and stick with it for um, you know, a prolonged period of time. Do it frequently. Do it till you actually experience changes. Um, but that's where I would look to try to improve your arching ability. Not via the low back. Um, I almost have like false flexibility because I'm very, very tight in my hip flexors. It pulls me into a posterior pelvic tilt or an anterior pelvic tilt all day. Um, so my lower back is very, very prone. It's acceptable to just get beat up from that. And, um, you know, it does make it very easy for me to kind of tuck my butt back since it's, I'm always in that extension anyway. Um, so it's almost like a blessing and a curse because if I was a little more balanced out, I certainly would not um, be able to arch the way I do. Um, but that's not how you want to attack trying to get into a better arch. I would work on T-spine mobility um, because that's going to help you across the board. Not even bench, but we're talking squat and deadlift as well. Um, so, yeah. And then just through how you're setting up. Uh, I could probably improve everyone's arches just by showing them a little bit different approach on how to set up. And you're, you're always going for that little extra millimeter, right? That's what it's all about. Doing everything you can to get that little extra bit more because when it comes down to max effort... That's make or break. How much difference has bands made in your bench training? 
Oh, so bands, I have been doing a lot more with bands. Swig of coffee for the working man. In my Mets mug. I got something about the Mets. One sec. Alright, guys. So, I just saw a thing. I'm going a little off topic. But the Mets suck now. Alright, it's the time of the year where they suck. That's why I like to go early in the year. But when they don't, kind of suck as bad. Um, but they got this 80% off sale. You believe that? It was 80% off tickets for the rest of the year. Like how desperate can you be to get people in the stadium that you offer 80% off your tickets for the rest of the year? There's like five games a week. You know, you gotta. I mean, no one's coming in. Is that, you know, when you suck it. Some of those MLB stadiums are empty. But, man, 80% off ticks for the rest of the year. I don't know. They got me, fella. I want to go now. <laughs> oh, hit me. How much difference has bands made in your bench trade? Okay, we're back on track. Um, so, I've been doing a lot with the bands lately. I've been um, putting them into my programming or athletes programming. And to be honest with you, I don't really know yet. Um, I do want to see more how... And I'm across the board, not just bench. I'm using band tension more. Um, I want to see how it affects everyone. I like it. What I think with the bands, especially if you do very heavy band tension and um, lighter bar weight, I feel like there is a lot of demand to keep accelerating the bar um, more so than just a little band tension. I really like that. I do think it almost spares you a little bit. Um, so I'm actually trying with that some of that with our athletes now as a deload type of workout is a lot of band tension. We're talking over 50% band tension and then a lot less bar weight um, and seeing how that goes. Um, so it's kind of like partial range work at that point. You know, you're just trying to get to like a deadlift. If we did that right, you're quick off the floor, um, but that band tension is going to quickly, quickly kick into something real aggressive. So... Uh, I'm seeing how that kind of works as the deload and stuff. So I'm trying to do a lot more with bands experimenting around. Um, but I really like them for my bench training. I'm utilizing them more and more. And what I'm doing too, and on speed days, I'm actually doing more band and chain tension and less bar weight. So I think my last one, I think I was doing 175 on the bar. So granted, 440-pound bencher, right? 175 on the bar, and we had, I want to say, about 120-plus um, accommodating resistance so you're almost looking at like a 50-50 split there but that was our speed workout the other day what does a strong mind mean to you when you are under the bar alright um, so when I think of that Alan, you let me know after two Elvis what you think about that but I think when I'm gathering when I'm thinking if you have like a strong mind um, you know, strong mental approach to powerlifting um, there's there's an absence of too much thought. Like you're not letting anything get in your head. You're just kind of in the moment. You understand what you need to do to execute, um, and you don't ever let doubt creep in in any form or fashion. Um, you know, like a lot of lifters, maybe they feel something going on. You know, um, good example, Matt Manuth from. Uh, WPO last year, he won it with a torn bicep. I think his second attempt he didn't hit or something. And then, um, you know, he had a torn bicep. He wrapped it up or something. He came back and, and got that lift. Um, that's like definition of a strong mind to me is the guy's got a torn bicep. He's still going to freaking pull that bar. Um, you know how much balls that probably takes? I don't even know. I've never did anything like that. 
but I can only imagine knowing your bicep totally ripped there and then coming back and trying to pull 800 whatever pounds that's insane so I mean that's that's like strong mind to me when I think of that I think of not letting anything that's going on currently with your body like get in the way you're not letting any self-doubt creep in you're just executing and you know you're gonna do whatever it takes um, to get the job done do you have anything yeah you want to span on there? I, I think it's because you know you especially when I'm training alone you know you can get a little nervous about things and then once you step under the bar you have to let everything kind of go away and just kind of like clear your head and just focus on either like the bar. I know some people, they get angry at it. Some people, you know, they're happy when they love things. Some people are angry when they love things. Some people are pissed off. You know, it, it's it's just not letting the doubt creep into your mind. I think yeah. you put it like very well, yeah. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think of a guy like Ray Williams who's getting under 1,000-something pounds by himself. I think is absolutely absurd. Um, and I think your ability to switch emotions very quickly plays into it too um you know i've i've seen very different personalities in the gym my personality is more uh i'm very laid back i'll be joking with everyone i like to have a good time i'm not gonna put on my angry face and and um not talk to anyone or anything like that but um when it's time to lift when it's time for me to execute the lift um you can see immediately i stop talking to everyone um and then you know i'll put my mind where it needs to be but i do think Having a strong mind is the ability to change emotions and channel focus when you really need it. I think that's really what it comes down to. I'm the exact same way. It's like a light switch goes off and then... Yeah, you got you to gotta be able to have that. Um, so that's that's what it would mean to me probably. From uh, NYZ. NYZ. He actually did the cover of the bench cast. Does incline pressing strengthen a raw branch? If so, which part of the main movement does it strengthen? Is incline pressing strengthen a raw bend? So uh, when I do incline, I'm more or less looking for it to strengthen my bottom range of motion. So when I was getting into the raw work again, um, you know, that's one of the movements that I used as a secondary bench movement um, is the incline press. Because especially I'll go close grip with it and it'll take me through a much larger range of motion. So... That is the, everything I was looking to do when I was channeling back into the raw work was longer range of motion, staying down at chest level. I would pause the incline um, because I also do like it when I'm training for shirt too to keep more range of motion. Because if I'm only training partial range most of the time, um, you know, I'm never taking my body through that range of motion. That could be a recipe for disaster if all of a sudden you put yourself um, down into a range of motion you haven't been training at. So I knew if I wanted to really get strong raw before I progressed any type of weight, I was going to have to train through a much larger range of motion. So that's how I utilize incline. I do think it can have a great carryover to your raw stuff. Um, mostly off the chest, I'd say, but you can certainly make that apply to lockout range too. I think it's a real um, great multi-tool exercise. Uh, shoulder strength, it's a great option for those who might not be able to get overhead. Um, but, yeah, I think that incline, very, very multi-tool type of exercise, and you can make it work in many ways for you. But how I typically will use it is more of an extended range of motion with a pause. Um, that's how I'll program it for athletes to get that strength off chest. Exercises to increase arm stability for benching, especially when initiating a first rep. 
Um, so I don't like that term, arm stability, too much. Um, I understand what's getting said there. Um, you never want control through the arms, so that's why I don't like using that term. Um, what I think they're meaning to say more of uh, is control through the back, more stability through the back, because that's where your stability and control comes from. Um, your arms are just, if you relate it to the deadlift, they're just kind of... Um, would you call them hooks to the bar right um, we're not trying to control through our arms we're just trying to keep our arms tight because obviously we have to transfer load through them into the bar so um, that's the important thing there so I, I so what's the question you got a arm stability yep he asked about exercise or something or what yep exercises to increase arm stability all right so I would focus on anything that's going to increase you know, your back stability, your ability to lock it, retract and lock your shoulder blades and hold that position um, with load and stuff. So some things I like for that, seated band row. I love seated band row. You take your bench grip to um, whatever thing you're using. So you can use like a broomstick. Uh, we use like a cross stick. Um, you can use a, some kind of dowel, heavy PVC, something like that. But you take your bench grip, you, you're in a row, seated row position, lift your chest up, arch kind of like you would um, on the bench. That's important that you're not just hanging out with your shoulders forward. You're actively pinching back, pulling down, and then boom, row right in with your bench grip and just hold. Just hold for time, right? And try to bend that bar while you're in that position. Create a lot of back tightness. Um, lying pullover. I love lying pullover. Heavy, heavy band tension, right? Get on the floor, pinch, pull down. Drag straight arm, drag a bar out, PVC or something, right? Heavy band tension, pulling it back, and boom, just lock down with it, like how you'd lock down the bench. Um, me and Elvis just filmed a band activation drill for the back, where you, you do the same thing. You pull a band out, but then you're also spreading the band to get to your grip with. Um, all good options for that. Plans on expanding or building a powerlifting gym? Um, no. <laughs> no. No. Um, yeah, I know people would probably like that, but, um, you know, we have our small, I'd say more like studio space here. Um, we do filming from it, uh, private sessions, invite-only type things. I would never want to go through the rigors of having, like, a public gym. If I did, um, I know a lot of uh, people with, like, invite-only models, um, you know, so I'd probably do that. It would just be, like, for, for my training and for those uh, close to me training with me. Um, but, man, having a, it's a lot of responsibility and work having, like, a, a public gym. You know, trying to bring clients in and, um, you know, if something goes wrong, you got to try to fix it. And then just I would know I would be there all the time. And something that's real important to me now is just um, freedom of schedule. I don't like being scheduled unless it's something I schedule myself. And... Um, you know, I just like having control of what I do on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, I don't like to be locked into to certain things unless, again, it is something that I um, schedule myself. So, um, you know, keeping that in mind, I'd probably drive myself crazy trying to run a gym. And, um, you know, something that's important to me, too, is having the ability to travel. Um, been able to travel a little bit more this year. Um, I'm actually going out to coach a couple of our lifters in Texas in September. Uh, so I'm very excited about that. I haven't been able to get out to too many of our distance uh, lifters meets. And, um, you know, something I'd like to eventually do is to get out to those meets more often. So I'm very excited about that. Um, you know, going to 
um, again in Texas going to a conference over there so just just been going I went to Ohio other month so just been going more places that's important to me and if I had a gym it's just you'd have to have um, the right pieces to, to make that work while you're gone so just not not the headache I want to give myself at the moment maybe in the future change but not the moment that is it that is our questions. Do we have any other questions on the IG before we shut down? That is all the questions we have for the Q&A. So, you know, speak now or forever hold your peace. Until was... next week when we'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we will be back on a weekly basis. All right, everyone. So no more questions rolling in. I appreciate everyone tuning in to the Q&A podcast. Um, so I want to just give some, some quick announcements here. Um, oh no, and Illmatic power snuck himself in. Oh, at the, the buzzer at beater, the buzzer. shut down. Thoughts on AMRAPs for women on bench. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I don't think I would treat that any different than I would if we did it for men. Um, but since women, i maybe have them handle more volume, like I said, um, you know, I think AMRAPs are a good way uh, to approach that. I don't usually put them in too much. Um, you know, I never really write in, like, max max reps on a certain thing. Um, I usually just stick to a percentage zone. The only thing with AMRAPs, um, yeah, it adds a little more volume, but um, I don't like that near the end you could really have a breakdown in technique. And I never want to ingrain bad movement pattern especially if it's like submax volume i you should never get into like a bad movement pattern like if your elbows flare a lot like trying to eliminate that as much as possible and i think taking yourself to that point of fatigue um you know you can get a lot of ugly stuff so i usually just have my athletes stick to a certain rep um and then just play with the intensities there so the AMRAP would kind of, so if it's a set of five, the AMRAP for really pushing it would kind of end at five, if you know what I'm saying. Um, where I do use AMRAP sometimes, um, some capacity would be reverse band work. So sometimes I might want to see, hey, take your max, and we'll have 100% on the bar, and then let's ha- see how many reps you can get with this. Um, so that's where I would utilize that probably the most. Um, but I wouldn't really, it's not really a woman versus men thing, I think. Um, it's just an AMRAP thing. <laughs> that makes sense. So, want to get to a couple of uh, newses here. So, we got a live webinar August 9th. All right, you can sign up bigbenches.com under bench clinics. So, if you've been meaning to check out one of our bench clinics, would would like to know what goes on there. You know, we extensively covered the bench press. You know, Elvis has been at them. Um, films them so he knows you know we we cover setup take out the press in extensive detail um everyone comes up we we have a good time with that and we teach a lot of technical stuff um the warm-up for the bench bench exercises that are going to help you build up um your bench press all that sort of thing so we cover a lot of information it's information um, they can't necessarily get just on our youtube alone and the way we teach it through a logical progression um, you just kind of have to be there and not everyone can make it to a bench clinic because most of them are on the, the northeast um, we do most of our bench clinics uh, around here um, just because it's easy for me to get to um, and whatnot I haven't done too many travel clinics yet so 
they were doing a live one um, in house. So you're going to gain access to the link. We're going to allow you to have questions, kind of like the IG live thing, but it's um, going to be more of a private setting. Uh, all our VIP members, coaching members are going to um, have a link to that. So it's really something we're doing for our VIP membership group. Um, if you're not familiar with that, just send me a message. I'd love to have you in that group. We're, we're always sharing videos, sharing tips. I do exclusive content on deadlift and squat as well for everyone in that group. And then we plan events like this, um, challenges. But um, if you want to be part of this live webinar, again, you can sign up online. It will be a VIP um, subscription, but you're not going to pay a dime for the webinar until... Uh, the day of and it's less than ten dollars typically a ticket is fifty um, if not a hundred dollars for the traveling clinics so um, you are getting a major major deal off the same type of content so less than ten dollars you're not even paying until August um, I would love to see as many people we can get in that live webinar because we're going to be sharing a lot of information um, I also got note that one of our team members from Texas Trey, he's flying in that, that week too. So he will actually be at that live webinar, which I'm excited because I can use him as the kind of guinea pig demo guy. Um, so that'll be fun. And, uh, you know, I hope everyone can join us. You go to bigbenches.com slash benchclinics. It's right there. And um, those who join us for the live webinar, I don't want to give too much info, but we are making our first online course. We're doing some filming for that today. Um, so I'm really pumped about that. There's going to be, I believe, six modules, learning modules, taking you through everything, a bench press technique that you're going to need to know. Um, it's going to be a huge reference for you, um, no matter what stage of benching that you're in. If you want to go from advanced to really pushing weight, or if you're going from beginner to making huge, huge strides in your technique and strength, um, this online course is going to be exactly what you need um, all laid out for you again in that progressive model so that um, you know you're building that brick, brick by brick so you're not working on something uh, out of order or whatever so uh, that's going to launch probably in September but we are giving a huge discount promo for those who join us in the live webinar and for those that are part of our VIP membership um, probably going to get more than half off that online course <clears throat> so join us for that i mean giving you deals across the board i want to make sure those who are in our vip membership get taken care of and get all those um you know awesome freebies and stuff anytime we make a program template um they're gonna get that as well so if you'd like to join us on that uh just let me know Alrighty, that's a wrap q a podcast sip a coffee for a working man thank you all for joining and you have been listening to The Benchcast.